Hey there, it's Coach Kim, and this is the Total Female Hockey Podcast, where we're going to help players, coaches, and teams take their game to the next level. Let's make some magic happen. Today we're going to talk about 10 ways to make your practice better. Now, I don't know where you're from, but here in Toronto, every minute of ice time seems to cost more than a venti Starbucks latte. So we want to be efficient with everything we're doing. So we're going to jump right in. Number one way to make your practice better, start with an energizer drill. There's nothing worse than getting it on the ice, and the first thing you do is go down on one knee and watch the coach draw out the drill or stand in lines while they're demonstrating. Start with something that's more high tempo and more fun. I don't care what level you're coaching at. I've done this with U7s all the way up to national teams. You can play tag. You can play British Bulldog, or as we call it with the Iceland team, Big Fish. You can do a wrong-handed scrimmage. That way everyone's engaged and you force them to play left-handed instead of right-handed. And in that scrimmage, even the goalies can play out. It can be a super fun drill, or it can just be something that's tied into what you're doing later on in practice and tied to the theme. But you got to start with something that get, gets everyone smiling, gets everyone sweating, and gets the energy up for the practice. Number two, use drills in between drills. So often we have drills, they last 10 minutes, they last five minutes, they last 15 minutes, and then we blow the whistle, maybe they do a hard lap, they grab some water. Could we have a drill every single practice that we tell them in advance they're gonna be doing in between? So if you wanna do the hard lap, maybe you tell them before practice, do a hard lap, but take a buddy with you and pass a puck with both of you skating forwards or pass a puck between the two of you with one skating forwards and one skating backwards. There's lots of different drills we can do from technical skating drills to puck handling drills to compete drills, but it's really helpful to have one that you're gonna do in between every single drill and tell the players that before you start so that when you blow the whistle, they immediately activate into that skill drill or that compete drill. It's a really great way to infuse more skill and more compete into your practice plans without having to add extra drills. Number three, repeat your drills more often. I think with all the different websites and resources we have now as coaches, we're constantly looking around on social media or in our coaching manuals and thinking what's the next great drill. My challenge to you today is to use less drills but find more variations. I recently took one drill that I use all the time with my players and I found 21 different ways to modify that drill. So now in my head, I've got 21 different drills and my players are gonna be exposed to 21 different ways of improving that skill. So don't be afraid to repeat drills. You can tweak them a bit. You can change the conditions. You can make both players on offense, one player on offense or defense. I like to live by the rule of three, especially in girls hockey. The first time they do a drill, whether it's just a simple skill drill or a more uh, complex team systems-based drill, the first time they do it, they just want to do it right. They're people pleasers. They just want to do it correctly. So they're not going to be giving full intensity and effort because they're just in that initial learning phase. The second time you do it, they're going to be a little bit more comfortable. They're going to say, oh, I remember that one, and I think I'm supposed to stand over here. I think I'm supposed to do that. So it might look pretty good, but I wouldn't say they've got absolute confidence in their ability to execute the drill at game pace or under pressure. So it's really that third time you run the drill 
that they're going to feel confident and they're going to be able to execute it. Now, it may take a little bit longer than that, but in my experience, the rule of three really holds true. So don't be afraid to run the three same practice plan three weeks in a row. You might change a small area game. You may change your energizer drills or your drills in between drills. But if you just stuck with the same plan, try it out for three practices in a row and see how much more confident your players are and how much cleaner the execution is, how much better the decision making is. Try it out, trust me on this one, I guarantee you're gonna see a huge difference in performance. Number four, make it a competition. Now it's easy to make a competition when you're doing a small area game or you're playing cross ice, or you're doing a scrimmage. Those are easy. This isn't just one-on-ones and two-on-twos either, right? Can you create a score in each drill? I tried to do this about five years ago with all my drills when I was coaching the junior team here in Toronto. And I tried to find a way, how could I create a score on every drill? Or how could I have a consequence on every drill? So we'll keep it really simple. Let's say you do a one-on-one battle drill inside the circle. So you throw a puck in there, two players go, and they compete for possession of the puck. One way to make it more competitive, other than it just inherently being competitive because it's one-on-one in the drill, you can say the player that loses the drill has to do three rollovers, which is when you lie down and kind of roll over like a log. Or the player that loses the drill has to skate hard to center ice. Put a little bit of money on the table there so you'll see the energy and the compete level go up. If you just blow the whistle and the drill ends without that consequence, it's not going to be quite as competitive inside of the drill. Think of a different way of doing it. If you're working, say, on systems, maybe you're working on your power play and your penalty kill and you're doing it off a face-off. How could you score that drill? Well, you'd score it differently for the penalty killers versus the power play players, and also depending on what you're working on. So you might give a team a point for a face-off win or a loss. You might also give the penalty killers a point for blocking a shot or clearing it within a certain number of seconds. You might give the power play players a point for winning the draw, for getting a certain type of shot on net, a shot through a screen or a shot off a pass. You might score just simply a shot on net or you might score goals scored. And you can just write this on the glass, have one of your assistants do it, or you can easily do it on your coaching board. I've done this for years. It gets the compete level in practice way, way up. And for something where they're you know, thinking a lot of where am I supposed to stand? What am I supposed to do? It kind of just increases the intensity and they're going to compete to win that drill. And again, you've got to have some kind of consequence. One thing I do, and it's not really a practice tweak, but something we do all year is I have two, the, the team broken into two teams. So you, they usually give themselves some kind of name. Sometimes I just split them by number. Sometimes I split them a little bit more strategically than that, but you've got team white and black, or you've got team Raptors and Maple Leafs, we're from Toronto. You've got whatever it is, whatever the names are, and you're constantly competing against each other on and off the ice. So you'd be competing in these drills, more uh, game-based drills, or you'd be competing in off-ice workouts to finish something in a certain amount of time or to finish it faster than your opponent. So that's another way to increase the competitiveness uh, that extends just beyond a single practice plan. Number five, post your practice plan in advance. Send it to your coaches before practice. If you're really good, you're going to send it the day before or even the morning of so that they have a chance to look at it and maybe you assign some roles for what they need to work on. Post the plan in the room. 
I know it's hard. We've all got, we're all busy. I'm busy too. And I'm a full-time hockey person. Sometimes it's hard to hold myself accountable to get those practice plans done. But I do, I write them up on the computer. I make them look all fancy. And that allows me to post it in the room, share it with the coaches so that we're all on the same page. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think when I was coaching the junior team that every player in the room memorized all the drills in advance because I posted them on the wall. But it does give you a certain level of professionalism within your program. It also allows those players who maybe are not as confident when you're drawing a drill or demonstrating a drill to spend a little bit of time beforehand feeling a little bit more confident because they're familiar. This is great to do when you've used the same drills again and again. So the players kind of go out there and go, okay, I've done all these before, nothing new. Or if it's a practice plan where everything's new, they might see it and go, okay, it's a different mindset for day. It's more of a learning practice. So post it. And also, if you can, pre-ice the first drill. So if you're going to do an energizer, go into the room before you head out for practice, you know, assuming everybody's on time, but even if they're not, then they just miss the pre-ice, which is unfortunate. Go in there and say, okay, guys, we're going to start with freeze tag. We're going to do that for three or four minutes. And then our first drill is going to be working on our edge work, or our first drill is going to be that passing drill, whatever you've named it. Try to name your drills, let the players name them. That's another hack there to make your practices better. You know, if you can name the drills and give them a a funny name or a a name that really uh, resonates with your players, it's going to really help practice run more efficiently. So post the plan and see if you can pre-ice that first drill. Tell them what it is. If it's a drill that you need to draw out, draw it out on your board so that they know what they're doing as soon as they hit the ice and you're not wasting valuable minutes drawing on a board when you could be doing that in the room beforehand. Number six know your roles. This goes with what I was talking about earlier about sharing the plan. I try to send a practice plan out the morning of to all my coaches and I include what role I would like them to take on assuming they're coming to practice. So if there's a bunch of different drills in practice plan, I'll say, okay, you're running this one, you're running this station. Here's what our key points are. And I'm not expecting them to memorize it. They're all running around with their jobs and their families and they've got a million other things to do but they can quickly pull it up on their phone, maybe while we're moving the pucks around and say, oh yeah, I was supposed to run that station. And I remember that drill because I looked at it this morning. Just think about the level of professionalism that comes in when it looks like everyone knows what they're doing and you're not wasting ice time trying to explain to your coaches how to do the drill and then having to explain to your players how to do the drill. So knowing your rules is really, really important. One really key one here is if you've got drills that don't include the goalies or more skill-based drills without shooting, make sure you've given one of your coaches that role. Make sure you've empowered them with drills or ideas of what they can do with the goalies so they're not just standing around doing nothing. Well, if you're doing skating drills, I would argue you should have your goalies doing it, but there are some other skill drills. For example, if you're working on technical passing or certain idea of support, not to say that the goalies couldn't be there and couldn't do it, but you might be better off having an assistant coach or a coach down there who could spend a little bit more time with the goalies and help them get better. Obviously, when you have your goalie coach there for practice, that's a whole different story. But let's make sure everyone has a knows their role, knows what they need to do, knows what kind of equipment they need. Oh, I got to grab a soccer ball or I need the blue pucks instead of the black pucks or we need a third net. These are the types of things that you've got to know in advance so that everything can run more smoothly on the ice. The next one, set the rules. Now, I usually do this the first practice I ever run with teams, but if you're having a little bit of trouble keeping everyone in line, it might be a good time right now to reset the rules. So what does that mean? Well, when I blow the whistle, what does that mean? 
So for me, when I blow one whistle, that usually means go in a drill. If I run blow two whistles, that means everyone freezes and they look at me because I'm going to give some kind of instruction. And then I blow the whistle kind of like I'm uh, at the front of a party or I'm uh, leading a parade, you know, blow a bunch of different times in a row. That means that the drill is done and they're going to bring it in. So I set those rules for my teams that I coach, you know, as a bench coach or that I do skills with and even at my hockey camps so that everyone feels comfortable. And when I blow the whistle, there's an expectation of what we're going to do. But you can set other rules and expectations as well. So when can they get water? Do you have designated water breaks or do the players just grab it when they're thirsty? You have to set rules, okay? If you've got injured players, are they allowed on the bench during practice or do they need to be in the stands? You've got to set these things out in advance so that there's not surprises. You're not managing these little details as you go through. But absolutely making sure they know what to do when you blow the whistle, where you want them to be. Is it down on one knee? Is it at the board? Is it wherever the head coach is? Again, those are finer details, but it really allows you to be more efficient. And There's no questions asked about where the players need to go next. The next one, it's going to sound a little bit weird, but I challenge you to do less. Do less. Do less. And that might mean stop changing your practice drills every single day because your power play isn't working as well as you'd like it to. Right? I would challenge you to draw less. Try to draw less drills on your board. Perhaps you can pre-ice them. Perhaps you can reuse them use repeat drills more often so that you don't have to draw them out all the time. Give them the cool names or let the players name them. So you can just say, Hey, we're going to do cock-a-doodle-doo, whatever that means. And then they go and set up the drill. So you don't need to worry about drawing it out again. If you have to draw it out, be efficient, right? No, maybe pre-practice drawing the drill. If you're drawing it on the board, be cognizant of where everybody is standing. So you don't want players who are you know, kneeling behind you and aren't able to see the drill. I use a little coaching board in front of me as I'm drawing drills so that I've got my face, I'm facing everybody. It also means I have to be really good at drawing drills upside down. So you might want to practice drawing out your drills in advance, especially if it's a drill that's new to you so that you are being more efficient with your time. Another one about new drills or explain drills is give one or two key points. Don't stand up there and think about 15 different things you do. You need to do to make that drill run well. You've got to have your key points in check. There should never be more than three. It would be awesome if we can keep it under that number and keep it short. Use vocabulary that you've used before. If you've got your key cues that you use with your team, key words that are common that all the coaching staff are using on a regular basis, draw the drill get those key points out there and then get going with the drill right away, right? I'd also challenge you draw less, talk less. So every time you see a mistake out there, a little mistake, you don't need to stop the drill. Now, if they're doing the drill wrong, absolutely stop it sooner than later. There's nothing that drives me more crazy than going out and watching a coach run the same drill for 10 minutes and they've You've got five kids who've been doing it wrong the whole time and you just keep running the drill. We've got to get everybody on the same page. Maybe it's pulling those kids aside on their own or maybe it's having to stop everyone so that we can be a little bit cleaner in our execution. But talk less. Don't stop it every five seconds. And also when you stop it, don't give them 72 different points that you want them to focus on. Also in terms of doing less, we want to see 
if we're drawing less, can we use a different tool to be more effective? I like to use a magnetic whiteboard a lot with younger players and teams. So if you can imagine, it's a magnetic whiteboard that I've drawn the hockey rink on with permanent marker. And I've got little magnets that allow me to move the players around without having to erase them, without having lines all over, which I find can be very confusing for younger players because they don't really know the routes they should be running. And quite frankly, I'm not sure they should be running specific routes anyways. So that isn't necessarily a tool that I would use a lot on the ice, but if I'm talking about position with them and where they need to stand uh, in order to be in a defensive position or offensive position, so more a general team tactic or structure type of drill, I find those magnetic whiteboards are really, really great. The other thing that's nice about them is you can easily leave them in the room. You know, the players will just start playing with them. They'll You might just say before a game or before a practice, hey, show me a face-off play or show me where we're supposed to stand on the penalty kill whatever you want to do just having it there is really really accessible just make sure the kids don't uh, lose any of the magnets I've spent quite a bit of budget uh, replacing my magnets so far so that's do less on to number nine ask questions we call this the Socratic method of teaching and learning so instead of telling all the time you do this we don't do this I want you to do this ask them questions why did you choose to do that? Why did you make that pass instead of that pass? Would you do it differently next time? How could you make it easier next time? So you're getting them to think about what they just saw or what they just did, and they've got to relate it, relay it back to you. And so it's a great way to check for understanding. It's also with higher level players, a great way to learn from them. They might see things you're not seeing. They're the one in the drill. They're the one on, out on the ice taking the face off or in the play. It's a different vantage point than where, where we are as coaches. And often our, our players are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Perhaps they know the opponent really well or they know the tendency of that particular player that they're going against one-on-one -on -one, and they could shed some light to you and the rest of the team about what they know and what they've learned. So ask those questions of your players. Don't just be a telling machine and try to dump as much information inside their brain as you can. Ask those questions, draw things out of them. It's a great way to develop hockey IQ and to empower your players and ask them what they think, right? It's not a one-way street when we're coaching. It's a two-way street. And if we're asking questions of our players, they're going to feel much more comfortable with us and they're going to feel like their opinions and their thoughts matter and they absolutely do. Number 10, I challenge you to start your drills differently. There's very few times in a hockey game where you start with the puck. The only time I can think of that's guaranteed is if you're coaching you nine half ice hockey and the goalie saves it and you, the other team has to back off and you start with the puck in front of your net. That, there you know for sure you're going to start with it. But everything else is coming off a face off or a loose puck or a broken play. So there's no guarantee you're going to start with the puck on your stick. So start more of your drills off a of puck retrieval instead of just starting there in line with already having it. Can you put it into space and go and do a tight turn and retrieve it? Or can you put a coach there who's got a puck and you've got to lift their stick and steal it before you start the drill? I, I challenge you to do that in even skill drills that you're working on where it requires a puck. Can you add that little compete part in? Can you add that retrieval part in? Can you start more drills off a pin position? We know that the hockey game happens about 80% outside the dot lines and in girls hockey it might even be higher than that so there's a lot of battles along the wall throughout the game let's start in a pin let's start under hard pressure before we need to start that passing drill or even start that system-based drill 
that's going to give us more repetitions of what happens in game situations. We've already said you don't stand there with the puck to start in any game situations. You usually have to go get it. You have to go chase it. You have to go steal it off someone. You have to receive a pass. So can you start drills that are maybe more one-on-one based, but there's a pass to start the drill, right? Is there different moves you could work on before you start the drill? Is some kind of stick handling skill that you could do before while you're waiting in line, right? Can we start drills differently to make them a little bit more game-like and also have a little bit more skill infused in everything we're doing. So let's go through these 10 ways to make practice better. One, start with your energizer drills. Two, insert drills between drills and ideally tell your players what they are before practice so that when you blow the whistle to end the drill, they can jump right into it. Number three, repeat your drills more often. Live by the rule of three, try it out for your next couple weeks of practice. Trust me, it makes a huge difference in how the girls perform the drill and how confident they feel throughout the practice. Number four, make it a competition. Can you score every drill you do? Not just your small area games. Can you make everything a competition with a consequence? Number five, post your plans beforehand. At least make sure your coaches have it before you start the practice. And if you can, go into the room and pre-ice your first couple drills so that you can get out there and start flying right away. Number six, know your roles. Know what you're going to do in each drill, what the coach's rules are, if you need to work with the goalies, if we need extra nets and equipment. Number seven, set the rules. What do your whistles mean? Where does that mean for the uh, the coaches and the players? Where do the pucks go? Where are we meeting after we take a sip of water? When are you allowed to have water? Make sure we know all that in advance. Number eight, do less. Draw less, talk less, be creative, maybe even get a magnetic whiteboard or make one yourself. Number nine, ask questions. Use that Socratic math method. Don't just fill your players with information. Draw it out of them. Ask them. Learn from them. Coaching is a two-way street. It's not just you to players. It's players back to you. Number 10, start your drills differently. Don't always start with the puck on your stick because that's not how it starts in a game. You usually have to go get it, steal it off someone, receive a pass, get out of a pin before the drill starts. Try these things out at your next practice, share them with your coach, and let's keep working hard and dreaming big.